Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. I'm your host, Bernadette Walsh. And before I introduce my guest, I just want to give you a little bit of an update. My latest release, Friends Forever, is out and available. And you can see the cover and excerpts from Friends Forever on my website, BernadetteWalsh.com. So tonight, I'm so excited to be interviewing Terry Michaels. Terry is a romance writer, and her motto is, Happy Endings Guaranteed. A New Jersey native, Terry's books have been published by Dream Spinner Press, and her titles include, include Three to Get Ready and Love and Loyalty. So welcome, Terry, to Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. How, how are you this evening? I'm very well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very glad to be here. Oh, well, I'm so pleased that you could join. I um, I sat in on one of Terry's uh, conferences at the Liberty States Writers' Conference earlier in the year, and she just I was so knowledgeable about writing, I had to convince her to be on my show. So I am so excited that you're here today. Now, Terry, maybe you could talk a little bit about your writing journey. How long have you been writing professionally? I've been writing professionally. Um, I've been writing novels professionally for about six, seven years now. Um, before that, I did have a career um, working in national magazines, writing features and things like that. But my heart was always in fiction. Um, and then about six years ago, um, I happened upon an ad of all things in Romantic Times magazine and um, had a, pe- a project that I thought could work. Um, finished it, sent it in, and it was published four months later. And so how many books have you published at this point? My 15th book comes out in August. Well, that's amazing. And just in, in six years, that's that's incredible. Now, you said that you, um, before the show, you told me you, you work in two different genres. Maybe you could talk a little bit about that. Yeah, um, well, I wrote contemporary romance for most of my career, and uh, then about a year and a half, two years ago, um, I got this idea uh, for a gay superhero, and it sort of hit me and couldn't, wouldn't let me go, and I have this moment where I said, you know, my main part of my career is in contemporary gay romance. Did I really want to change? Did I want to do it? Did I want to introduce uh, another stream uh, into my work? And I could not let this idea go. I am a real superhero geek, and I had to write this series. And so my career is sort of evolving into two streams, which is the gay contemporary that I love, and then this other sort of superhero paranormal side um, that I'm also getting into. And I feel like it really, this is the balance that really represents me as a reader and a writer, um, the two things that I love the most. Now, so all of your books are in gay romance. What drew you to writing gay romance? Well, what's very interesting is that I did not know gay romance was a genre when I wrote my first book. Um, I was actually on bed rest with a bad pregnancy and had this idea, again, that wouldn't let me go. Um, I don't know that I ever pick anything out in advance or, more importantly, an idea grabs me and I can't do anything else. Uh, So I had this character in my head, and this story grew out of it. And basically I asked myself, this man, he has gone through so much, he has lost the love of his life. What is the most difficult romantic relationship I can put him in for 
this story. And I thought, a man. And so I wrote my story. And only after I was done did I find out that there was a publisher out there for this. And, you know, that's how it took off. But it's not like I sat down and said, I'm going to write a gay romance. I just wrote this story that was in my head. And so you hadn't read a lot of gay romance before you started to write one? It just it just was really driven by the character? Yes. It was just, I mean, I'm a romance reader from way back, like way long before that I should have been a romance reader. Um, I was reading romance novels. And Were so you stealing them oh, from your mom? No, actually, I would get them from the library because I read everything in the children's section. So I started reading the adult section, and she would actually read them after me and go, oh, my God, did you just read this? And I'd be like, yes. <laughs> so I would then, after a while, go, no, you can't read this. You can read this one. This will, this is okay for you, but you can't read this one. Um, but, no, I hadn't. I hadn't really read any um, gay romance novels. Um, it, it was just this idea that came in my head. Now, of course, in my real life, I had many gay friends, but I had not read uh, gay romance books. And then, you know, this story just came into my head and would not let me go, and I had to write it. So are there any particular um, rules of gay romance that are different from rules of straight romance? There might be, but in my head, there aren't. Um, one of my very first, before gay romance has kind of had a really great reaction the past few years, it's become more popular with um, quote-unquote straight romance fans. Um, but one of the first events I ever did, somebody was like, well, why or how do you write gay romance if you're a woman? And I thought, well, I write people who happen to be men, and that's always been my approach. Um, and like I said, I'm a romance writer from way back, a romance reader. This is my favorite genre. So when I write my romance novels, that's what I'm borrowing. I'm borrowing on the old Danielle Steele books that I used to read and all those, you know, Beatrice Small even. I'm That's my rhythm. That's my emotion. I'm writing people. If there are rules, I don't know about them. I just write what's in my heart and what's in my brain. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and now, so you, are you, most of your the main characters are men. Now, do you find that difficult to write from a male perspective? I know for, for me, myself, I typically write from the first person, and I'm usually writ, writing from the heroine's head, right, from her point of view. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I find writing the men characters, that's definitely more difficult for me. But you're just writing men for the most part. Um, so what are, what are the challenges in that? Or is it is it more of a natural fit for you, and that's why gay romance works for you? You know, I think it's a natural fit for me. Um, strangely enough, I grew up in a household of women, um, but I've always had male friends and have always had good emotional relationships with my male friends. And I mean that in terms of we could, could speak to each other very o- openly. Um, and somehow when I'm writing from a male perspective, that's, I'm comfortable with that. Um, and I do have a lot of male fans, and that, um, and that's kind of my – that's what tells me I'm doing my job, um, if I can mm-hmm. put it that way, uh, is that I have a lot of male fr- fans who respond very well to my stories and to my male characters and what's going on in their heads. And I do get a lot of mail that says, I have no idea how you know this. And I'm not speaking sexually. I'm I'm speaking emotionally. Um, 
particularly um, my main series, the Faith, Love, and Devotion series, the characters in that, I've had a lot of feedback from men going, I have no idea how you know this is how men think. But, you know, I don't know. (laughs) I've been very fortunate that that's my comfort zone. I, I do love writing women. I do have female characters in my stories that I honestly... I love to death. I have a supporting female character in my superhero series that is just a joy to write. Sometimes I have to stop myself from writing in her perspective. But, you know, this happens to be the genre that I found myself in that I'm very comfortable in. Mm-hmm. Do you have any um, intention of, of going out of those genres and writing straight romance, or do you think this is the area that you're going to stay in for a while? You know, I never say never. Um, I'm very comfortable in the genre I'm in now. I have a lot of books that I want to write. um, But, you know, I've written um, a poly love story that was two men and a woman um, that I enjoyed very much. That might be something I play with again. Um, But I'm in the very much never say never camp. Like I said, uh, a story will get in my head and not let me go. So I can't even make a prediction of what's coming up next. Mm-hmm. And so what is the heat level of your books generally? Um, well, I think that they're pretty mild is too mild a word. It, this is a question where you ask a writer for a word and they just make a helpless gesture. Um, I'm not a fade to black person, but I'm also not a 30 page of wild sex kind of person. Um, mm-hmm. All my sex scenes are very tied to the emotional component of the story. And if I'm writing a story where I'm like, you know what, they just don't have a lot of sex, then they're not going to have a lot of sex. I'm very much not a writer who goes, I think I need two more. Like, that's never going to happen in my books. <laughs> and now, in terms of promotion, um, again, this is a fairly niche genre, although it is growing. Um is there anything in particular that you do to to reach readers? Um, I go to a lot of conferences. Um, I love giving presentations. I love being on panels. I love teaching workshops. Um, and I've honestly um, made a lot of fans that way. Um, word of mouth is good. Um, I'm not a huge blogger, that sort of thing. I just really love getting in front of people and talking about writing. And I found that if I can speak to people and talk about my passion for what I do, then even if they're not gay romance readers, they're going to go, I don't know, I like this person. She has a good sense of humor. I'm going to pick up her book. Um, so I go to a lot of mixed conferences. Um, and, you know, I go to RT, I go to RWA, um, that sort of thing. And I just love meeting fans and talking to them about my books and romance in general. And I find that that, um, that gets a lot of people to give me a chance. Right, right, right. And you also give a lot of writing um, writing presentations. You know, maybe you could talk about some of the topics you typically hit in your, when, you're, when you're giving presentations. Well, my most uh, popular um, workshop that I give is uh, about supporting characters. Um, I've worked a lot on that. I've uh, taught that a lot. I've written a lot about it. Um, I'm very much of it takes a village 
um, kind of writer. Um, mm-hmm. I tend to write very large casts of characters. I think the the least amount I ever wrote in a novella was like five characters, and that was such a struggle for me. And I like threw mm-hmm. in twin babies and a cat, and, and it was just like I have to stop myself. It's a novella, um, but I do give um, what I think is a good workshop talking to people about the different types of supporting characters and and things like that. And um, that's one of my most popular. Um, ones that I give. Um, I've also taught about the hero's journey. I've talked about um, emotion and conveying emotion without saying he's sad, he's happy, he's whatever, Um, but through action. um, And uh, that's a good one. I really enjoy giving that one. And I talk about tropes a lot. Um, I'm huge trope harlequin uh kind of gal and so if you put a microphone in front of me and want to talk about it and want me to do a workshop on it i how many hours do you have and i will be glad to do it (laughs) the secret baby (laughs) oh my love with your best friends (laughs) Uh, secret boyfriends cowboys with babies on christmas in motels during snowstorms like i just that sort of thing fills me with incredible joy um and everybody should write me an amnesia story i'm just going to throw that out there (laughs) And um, I actually did that once as a joke in a workshop, and one of my fellow writers wrote an amnesia story and dedicated it to me. So I'm going to try it again and see how it works. Well, what I think is very interesting is is your focus on secondary characters, because I think we've all picked up the book where, you know, the heroine is very much alive, that the hero is well-drawn. And then they're having conversations with the best friend. And the best friend is so colorless, and really their whole point of existence is to have someone for the heroine to talk about how much she loves the hero. I mean, I think we've all picked up books like that. And it's, you know, from a writer's perspective, it's easy to fall into that trap because you're so focused on getting him and her together or her and her or him and him together. But you're so focused on your couple. And so, you know, especially for beginner writers, I think, you know, it's it's hard to flesh out those secondary characters. But if you're not going to do it well, then, you know, what's the point of having them? I mean, what, do you, is there anything – have you ever read something that really, you know, you, you wanted to throw the book across the room because you saw something really flawed in the way the secondary character was treated? Well, I'll be honest, this workshop came out of my time. I used to be an editor um, at a different publisher, and um, it came out of reading a book where there was no – there were the three main characters and a bad guy and nobody else in this book. And I read the whole thing and I realized the heroine at no point talks to anybody but the other main characters. And it made me crazy. I, I, you know what I mean? It just, it really took away from reading this book. And so I kind of not forced the issue, but I said, you have to, this heroine is alone. She's trapped. The only people she's talking to are the hero. I'm not, convinced that this relationship is healthy for her and i i think it can draw away from the relationship if you're not seeing these characters as full-fledged you know blood and flesh people with lives outside of each other um i think that it adds um it adds depth to your characters um 
do they talk to their mother differently than they talk to the hero? Do they talk to their best friend differently than they talk to their boss? It can be so revealing for character, um, and it can add so much to your book, so much color. I always talk about what are the colors of your book? Um, what does your hero see when he walks outside of his door? What do you see when you walk outside of your door? Um, and to me, it adds so much. It brings so much life to your characters um, to write other people and what are their relationships. Um, and I think that sometimes these relationships can become so important to your readers um, because they love a friendship or they love the way the father and the son talk to each other. And, you know, then it, it, the book takes on more depth than, oh, that was a good love story. Um, it becomes mm-hmm. that was a good story about interesting characters. Um, mm-hmm. And I think sometimes romance writers, um, we're so busy getting the couple together, as you said, that we're forgetting that we're supposed to be writing interesting characters um, with some color and shape, and we want to think about, like, oh, how are they going to put their lives together? And, oh, gosh, what's going to happen when her best friend meets his cousin? You know, are they going to – it really adds something to the story. Um, And I think it becomes that much more meaningful to populate this world. You're creating a world. And I always talk about world building. I don't care if you're writing in contemporary in Manhattan, um, which everybody knows and everybody's seen in a movie or lived there or whatever. Um, You're world building. And who are the people in your world? And so that's Mm – that's something that I stress a lot um, in that workshop. Um, and and I just think it can add so much to a story. It really can add a lot, and it really helps you kind of practice your writing. Um, you can write different kind of people like, hmm, I'd really like to write a cowboy for my next story, but I've never written one before, so I'm going to make a supporting character in this story that way, and I'm going to try it out and see how I feel with the voice. Uh, it, it can really also broaden your writing. Mhm. Mhm. And I, I really, at least for my books, um, although my books typically have some romantic elements, uh, my later books, especially Friend, uh, Friends Forever, are veering more towards the women's fiction realm. But I think the the family relationships, whether it's a good relationship or a bad relationship, really impacts the heroine, and then impacts her the way she reacts with the hero and why she picks the men that she does, at least in my books. Um, in my latest book, Friends Forever, you know, the um, the main character, ha- you know, her, her father left when she was very young, when three years old, and she really spent a lot of her life trying to get men's attention. And in some ways that's a trope, but um, but it also, I think, made it very real and it made some of her choices, which absent that information and absent that interaction with her father wouldn't really make sense. But because you know that she was so hurt so early on, the reason why she picked this guy over that one makes a little more sense. And again, I think it's just building up characters and building up your main character by, because, they're, as you said, they're not in an isolation chamber. They have to interact with people, and they are impacted by other people. So, um, so I think that's a great presentation. I, I would, hopefully I can catch it, um, maybe your next one. Are you going to be at the RWA conference? Are you presenting there? I am not presenting at the RWA conference. I will be there. Um, I am presenting at Coastal Magic, uh, which is in February. And then, of course, I'll be back at Liberty States. I'm there every year. I love that conference. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. Well, that's your backyard. That was actually a great conference. It was, it was just the right size, because I'd gone to the national conference 
probably the last time it was in New York, so it was about four years ago, mm-hmm. and it was a little chaotic. <laughs> I was going to try and go this year, but um, I, I had actually closed out pretty quickly. I didn't think it was going to close out that well, so I, I waited too long. But, um, yeah, so it, I, I mean, I'd love to, to catch that, that conference. Um, maybe you could talk a little bit about your, your writing style and, and your process. I mean, do you, I know you said you belong to RWA. Do you belong to a local chapter? Do you use critique groups? Um, no, I don't. Um, I have a few beta readers who um, there are people who will hear about my story before I put a pen to paper um, who I kind of bounce ideas off of. And then I'll start writing. And maybe during the process there are, as I said, maybe three people um, that I trust to go to who read it and kind of give me feedback. Um, and then once I'm done, I send it out to a few people. But um I was an editor for uh, several years, and I edit as I go. Um, mm-hmm. So what I come up with is not a first draft. It's probably a third or fourth draft, um, and uh, I'm pretty good about editing myself. Um, if, I ha- if I can't read something, if something's not working for me, I will send it to somebody. But I pretty much write in isolation, um, which just works for me. I'm not good with critique groups. Um, it just works better for me to sort of um, hunker down with my idea and it has to get to a certain point before I start writing it. Um, And my process is very, um, very specific. I have to write the um, first chapter and the last chapter. And once those are perfect in my head, then I can start writing the meat of it. Um, I don't write chronologically. Um, I move around a lot in the story, which I know drives a lot of people completely crazy. Um, but I could never sometimes... do that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I could I say never it do that. People look at me like I'm insane. I don't know that I have ever written a book chronologically, maybe one of my novellas. Um, but honestly, I have to write the last chapter, have to, um, or else I can't go past a certain point. Um mm-hmm. And um, then I spend a lot of time kind of moving around and playing around. And, you know, I do like 15 versions of a scene and then another scene I'll write once. Um, It's kind of a little of a hectic. um, If I ever had somebody looking over my shoulder during the process, they would probably run from the room screaming. Um, Like, how in the world does this become a book eventually? I'm like, no, no, it really does. Um, but that's I work well on I work better under deadline. Um I work better um closer to the deadline. Um, you know, there are days when I can write three hundred words and then there's a day when I can write fifteen thousand. So it's really it is really crazy. <laughs> I would never write a book so, about my process. Now are you write, are you writing full time? Is this your full time gig or do you have a day job? Um, my day job is a very d- interesting day job. I'm the co- um, conference uh, convention coordinator for RT Magazine, um, the big RT convention every year. Um, this year I am working on it. I am putting it, uh, helping them put it together. Um, so that's my quote-unquote job. I'm a freelance writer. I've been writing professionally full-time for several years, but um, the conference job sort of fell into my lap, and I couldn't say no. I love RT. I love the magazine. I love the convention. Um, so I said yes. So my day job is pretty much an offshoot of my writing job, which is great. I love it. I love being surrounded by the romance industry 24-7. 
Yeah. And maybe, because I've never been to the RT conference, maybe you could talk a little bit about, you know, how that differs from RWA. It's it's more reader-centric. Is that right? Yes. It is more reader-centric. Um, it's many different genres coming together. Um, I have to say that I started going, I think my first one was Kansas, Kansas City, which is five years ago. Um, mm-hmm. And I just... Um, fell into a wonderful group of people who were just so supportive, and I just found the entire atmosphere so supportive for writers, but also readers. Um, it's just a great celebration of the industry, and I always come away with so much um, from it. It's a hard week. <laughs> you have to work. There's a lot going on. There's a lot that you have to kind of put yourself out there. I always come home exhausted with no voice, but gosh, I can't wait to go back the next year. For me as a writer, it's so fulfilling to meet other writers, to meet editors, to meet um, cover artists, to meet the readers. And, and what I love about RT, the readers are so willing to hear, what do you write? It doesn't matter if it's not what they read. They want to know about what you do and who you are, and they're so open to it. Um, it to see the change um, in the knowledge that gay romance exists to what it is now um, in just five short years is amazing to me. It is absolutely amazing how quickly the romance readers um, accepted us and wanted more and wanted to read and it's just it's amazing to me it's really one of the things i love best about the romance community is the inclusive nature right well i was surprised i had interviewed damon suede um he was i think the last interview that i did before this interview and i was surprised when he said that the the actual percentage of, pe- of people who write who read gay romance, it's a very, very high percentage that are women and a very high percentage that write it as well. So I yeah. I was, is, is that your experience? Like, I mean, in terms of your readership, what would you think the split is between men and women? My readership is about 60-40. Um, I would say 60% women, 40% men. Um, mm-hmm. Most of my fan mail comes from men, um, interestingly enough. Um, and um, I think for other people it's a little different, um, but that's been my specific experience. Honestly, when I started, there were a lot of women and only a few men, and now we've seen increasing numbers of male writers um, coming mm-hmm. into the genre, which is which I think is exciting. I think that um, more voices, more readers, um, the industry, romance industry is so huge. There's something for everybody, and I love the idea that gay romance is kind of following that, um, mm-hmm. that, you know, women can read it, people can feel comfortable, nobody has to kind of hide the fact that they're reading this. It's just become more accepted, um, which I think is fantastic. But, yeah, definitely a ton of female readers, just because I think women are more socialized to read romance as opposed to men. Right, right, right. And I, and I think women maybe are more open about, again, I, I think there's very few readers who, who, true readers and true romance readers who just read, like, one genre, like, does any, you know, ju- who just read paranormals or just right. read, you know, contemporaries. Like, I read a little bit of everything. I haven't read, actually, gay romance yet, but maybe I'll give it a try. But I'm... Um, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think if you like a good story, and like you said, if you can find a writer whose voice you like, you know, people are probably, the romance 
reader, somebody who reads a lot of romance, is probably more willing to um, to, to give it a try, as opposed to maybe people who don't, you know, who read very little romance. Um, you know, I guess there are some people who just read mysteries all the time. But I, like I said, I think true readers like read a little bit of everything. Um, so in term, in terms of your writing process, are, are most you said you've written novella length. Um, do you read? Do you write mostly full length books, or does that vary as well? Um, it varies a lot. I seem to have found. Um, I I think I'm a natural category writer. <laughs> I seem to fall into the sixty to eighty thousand words. Um, I wrote a novella um, in the first place. Uh, actually, some friends and I were sitting in a hotel room in Dallas kind of chatting that we would love to do an anthology together, and we came up with an idea. And I kind of want, I'd never written a novella before, and I wanted to sort of challenge myself to write a shorter length because, like I said, I tend to populate, you know, the population of Rhode Island tends to show up in my books. So I thought, could I do this? with less people and also from one point of view. Like I really sort of challenged myself and I found that novellas, I like, I like novellas. Um, and I've kind of come to the realization that I have to let the book come to whatever length it's supposed to be. Um, yeah. my book that's yeah, coming that's... out in August, um, is, uh, just ended at a certain point and it was a novella like and I said to the editor listen if you can see any place I can add more to it let me know and she said no this is the length it's supposed to be so I I feel like that's my that's my realization over the past year that I can't say to myself well this is going to be 100,000 words I can't say that um what I have Mm -hmm. to do is write all the words to tell the story the best way possible and then see what happens right right no that's that's exactly what my process is. My my latest book, Friends Forever. I definitely thought that was going to be you know eighty thousand words, and it you know it, it it was shorter than that. And I I didn't want to pad it. You know, I felt it was the right length for that story. So sometimes you have to let the story stop when it needs to stop. But I think that's one of the advantages of of digital digital um, press now because you can you, there's a market for these shorter books. So right. Yeah. Now, in terms of um, your your um, are your books available electronically, or are some of them available in print? Um, many of my books are available in print. Most of them are. A few of them are only available digitally, but ed- everything is available um, on Amazon. And um, all of my Dream Spinner books, of course, are available on DreamSpinnerPress.com. Um, right. And so, you know, Barnes and Noble, ARE. Uh, I have to say that Dream Spinner Press um, it has been fantastic about distribution and um, reaching my fans and reaching new readers and being a supportive publisher. So um, they're the best. And um, if you want something of mine, it's fairly easy to find it. And so you said that you um, that you would like to write from different points of view. So is, is your your books, are they usually from the third person? Do you ever write first person? I do not write first person. I write third person or second, um, you know, limited POV. Um, that's where I'm comfortable. Um, again, it's a challenge to myself um, to sort of, you know, how would I, who who should um, be the interpreter of this scene? Um, what about this moment? Um, who should have it? So I'm not a sort of 
this chapter is from his point of view, then the other chapter is from the other guy's point of view. I don't necessarily switch back and forth like that. Um, mm-hmm. I just write a chapter of what I'm feeling from whichever point of view. Um, for my superhero series, there are other points of view. Um, some of the supporting characters have um, chapters from their point of view, which, again, I found um, fit the medium of um, very sort of character-driven, action-driven um sort of a, a different type pace sto- a story. It just worked to sort of add different point of views to it. And so your superheroes, I mean, what superheroes, uh, super um, abilities do they have? Well, I'm a Batman girl from way back, uh, so I prefer my superheroes damaged um, without any powers, but a lot of um, determination and um, natural ability. Um, so Knox, who is the hero of my um, series, which is called The Vigilante, um, is, doesn't have any special powers, but because of the circumstances of his life and his world, he sort of developed um, these abilities and is sort of a con man and, as in the title, a vigilante who's sort of patrolling the streets, keeping people safe. Um, and so that's... That's my favorite kind of superhero, and the whole process of building the team um, is just one of my favorite tropes in um, superhero stories. So I'm loving um, developing that in this series. And so you have some upcoming releases, right, From for both of your the genres that you write in. Maybe you could talk about those. Um, well, August 10th, I have a novella coming out that is a contemporary that I am really super pleased with. Um, it's called Groomzilla, and it is a <laughs> well, about... I love the title. <laughs> I have had this idea for years, and this is it finally came together as a story, um, but it is about a very sort of staid and boring um, business uh, event planner who gets roped into um, planning his best friend's wedding, which is going to be a reality TV show called Groomzilla. And um, he is sort of thrust into this world with his crazy best friend, who he loves but is just all over the place, is a true Groomzilla. And uh, he's sort of thrust into this TV world, and he meets a very handsome producer. Um, and he's sort of trying to manage falling in love and managing his best friend at the same time. Um, and I honestly, this book makes me laugh. And so I hope it makes everybody else laugh. Um, as I said when I described it to people, it includes my favorite things in the world, which is best friends being snarky to each other um, and people falling in love to the point where they're walking into walls. Um, and this is a combination of these two things put together. Um, and are you also novella. a secret reality TV show watcher? Uh, the irony here is that I cannot stand reality shows, but <laughs> I do DVR um, Say Yes to the Dress for reasons I have not been able to completely unpack and examine, um, but I do watch <laughs> that. But I don't watch anything else, but I watch that. So, um well, it's funny. My first book, Gold Coast Wives, is about uh, a woman who winds up on a reality TV show. So it's kind of like a schlocky version of the Real Housewives. And so, okay. and I have to admit, and it was, it was again, it's, it's the, it's the, 
the one book that I did, it's a contemporary romance, but it's a humorous contemporary romance. And it was just really, really fun to write. And I think you can, you know, put like real life people in this crazy situation. And, you know, and I'm always amazed when I see these shows, like, who would go on them? Like, who would, you know, expose so much of their life? And, and what are the motivations behind that? So, um, so I think it's, you know, that sounds really good. I'm sorry, was it Groomzilla? Groomzilla. All right. I'll definitely, definitely have to check that one out. I so think you might help. enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, I think if it's a reality TV show, I think I probably would because that that's my mind candy. Everyone has their <laughs> mind candy, and, and bad TV is sometimes mine. So, um, but anyway, maybe you could tell people where they can find you online. Um, well, I have a website, which is terrymichaels.com. Um, all my books are there, uh, descriptions of them, uh, my upcoming appearances, et cetera. Um, I am also on Twitter, uh, Terry Michaels, no spaces, and on Facebook, Terry Michaels. Um, and I am mo- most active on Facebook and Twitter if people want to come and chat with me and ask me questions about my books. Um, I'm pretty much always online because I'm always working. So you can pretty much find me, and uh, I'd be glad to chat. Um, I I love going to conferences. As I said, I love meeting people. Um, but online is a great way as well to sort of introduce myself, to ask, answer questions if anybody wants to talk about writing, if anybody wants to talk about supporting characters. I would love to. So you should definitely hit me up on social media. Well, I, I probably will. Next time I... I um I, I'm having problems with my supporting characters. Maybe I'll, I'll shoot you an email. And, well, I hope that you will like the Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books Facebook fan page and let us know when your releases are coming out because I like to update our listeners on um, on what my, some of my guests are doing. So please, please stay in touch. And um, and I want to thank you so much, Terry, for taking the time out to to speak with us this evening. So thank Absolutely you. Absolutely my pleasure. Absolutely my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Um, just want to remind everyone that um, my latest release, Friends Forever, is out and available. And my first book, Gold Coast Wives, is also available for any of those um, people who need a little bit of a chuckle or um, some light beach reading and, and who share my love of reality TV, Gold Coast Wives. And um, all of my books, are um, excerpts and covers from all my books are available on my website, BernadetteWalsh.com. In terms of the show, I'm taking a little bit of a summer break, but I hope to be back in September. But I have some really wonderful interviews in the archives, including Damon Swade and Kristen Higgins and lots of others. So please um, check out some of the archived books, uh, archived um, shows. And um, this is Bernadette Walsh. Thanks so much for joining me this evening. Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>